For the promises of God are yea and amen. They're going to come to pass. I'm glad we have the Lord to stand on. Romans chapter 8. If you have your Bibles today and would like to turn with me, Romans chapter 8. Man, the youth are being dismissed in youth class today. Everybody feeling good this morning? Romans chapter 8, verse number 5. I'm going to read down through verse number 10 of Romans, the 8th chapter. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. You, you, you understand the subject matter here is, is the mind. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, our text here begins to unfold a discussion of flesh and spirit. Flesh and spirit. And it links both the flesh and the spirit to the mind. I want to talk to you for a little bit today about apostolic thinking. Apostolic thinking. I could have chosen a dozen different ways to uh, tag this message today or title this message today. Bible thinking, Jesus thinking, right thinking, God thinking. I chose today apostolic thinking. We've been talking a lot about apostolic culture. And so I want to talk to you today about apostolic thinking because apostolic thinking will always have to precede apostolic culture. The culture will always follow our thinking. That's why we're in such a mess in society today because we have been made to think and our actions are following our thinking apostolic thinking Lord help us this morning to speak what you've laid upon our heart let the word of God come to life in our minds let every person that is discouraged be encouraged this morning let every person that is downtrodden be uplifted and strengthened today by the spirit of the Lord and by the word of God I pray now Lord as we Look into your word today that the Spirit of God helps us to bring life to your word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Let everyone say amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning.
I think in the society that we live today that one of the things that I've noticed that I think we have to fight against, particularly in the church, is that we so easily become comfortable. Maybe we become too comfortable. Anybody feel that maybe we become too comfortable? And when we become too comfortable and too satisfied, we stop seeking to be any more than what we are or what we have been. One of the things I guess I have always appreciated about Brother Price and I've always watched in his life and always tried to adapt that into my life is that I noticed several years ago that I would go to his home and there was always books open. There was always notepads out and uh, just just a few years ago I was there visiting and I, I noticed a notepad and I, I looked at the notepad that he had laying out not that I was snooping through your house, Brother Price. Well, I don't want to tell the folks that it was in your restroom. And I looked at this notepad, and there was an English word, and there was a Spanish word. And, of course, we all know the simple process by which he was studying, of course, to learn and to better acquaint himself, and he was expanding his ability to be able to read and understand and write and speak Spanish. Always been impressed by that because although he's a few years older than I am, he's never stopped learning. He's always sought to gain knowledge and to grow. And if we're not careful, we will begin with a relationship with the Lord and once we pray through, we stop there because we feel like that was what we were trying to accomplish. We pray until God fills us with the Holy Ghost and at the point that we are saved, we then all of a sudden stop and say, okay, that's all I need to do. But the truth is, is the Lord is telling us to go on to perfection. That We have to move on. We have to move forward. And we, we in order for this to happen, I think there has to be a sense of dissatisfaction with where we are. Uh, I, it never bothers me when people come to me and say, Pastor, I, uh, you know, I'm not living in sin. I'm saved, sanctified, set free on my way to heaven. But there's a sense of longing in my heart or a sense of dissatisfaction in my heart to do more, be more, accomplish more than what I have ever been. And I think dissatisfaction may be the key to being able to open our minds and our hearts to believe God for something new or to believe God for something more. Now, I either want to do one of two things today. I either want to compel you to move from the spirit of satisfaction and being at ease in Zion, as the Scripture says. And I want to help you today to take that step of faith to say, I'm not everything God wants me to be, and I don't have to be ashamed of that. But I can't live in the comfort zone of just saying, well, I'm not everything I'm going to be, but if God wants me to be that, then he's going to have to just pour it on me. But we're going to have to decide that we are where we are because of our thinking. And if we pray and work to change our thinking that God can begin to work in us and work new things in us that we will be more than we've ever been.
satisfaction and having things good, I think may very well be the enemy of spiritual growth. Strange as it may be, the first step to personal revival and revival in the church is when people become dissatisfied with themselves. Revival is a personal thing. And when the personal revival happens, there will then be the opportunity for a church-wide revival. But the first step to personal revival is when people become dissatisfied with things the way they are and begin to long for something more. This is why we must be careful that we don't become too comfortable when we are living in the benefits of the blessings of the Lord. When God is blessing everything that we do and it seems like everything we touch is turning to gold and God is blessing and working in our life, if we're not real careful, we will become satisfied with that. And we will misunderstand the blessings and the favor of God in our lives. And we will misconstrue it and begin to think that because we have the blessings of God and the favor of God working in our lives that God is saying, you need to stop right where you are and not become anything more. Not be anything more. Not do anything more. Not accomplish anything more. The first step toward progress... First is to become dissatisfied with things as they are. And here is my exercise for us this morning to stop and really ask ourselves. We could look at this two ways. Are we blessed in life? Yes, we are. Is the favor of God working in our life? I think most of us would say, I believe the favor of God is working in my life. Is God blessing your home, your family, your finances, your health? Everything that you have is God working in your life. But my question for you today is, are you satisfied with things just the way they are? And and are you satisfied enough to say, I don't want to change anything in my walk with God? Here is where we get caught up. Here is the flesh working against the Spirit. I remember when my wife and I were driving down the road, I could take you to the exact spot we were when she looked at me and she said, life is good. At that time, finances were a little better than they are right now and things were going really well financially in our life and our kids were at a seemingly perfect age where they were old enough to have fun and not old enough to talk back. And life was good. Everything seemed to just be perfect. And my wife looked at me and she said, if we could just freeze life right here. And I said, yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? Just to stop right where we are and freeze life right here. Life is good. And here's the issue. We, we meet these, these times when we, we can become so comfortable in the here and in the now that we forget that this world is not our home. That we're just passing through. And so we become enamored with the blessings of God and the favor of God that's working in our life. And life becomes good. And all of a sudden it's like, let's just stop right here. 
I don't want to know any more about God. I don't want to seek any more about God. I don't want anything in my life to change. And then all of a sudden, God begins to allow our life to be shaken. And we start praying against it. And we start praying, God, uh, take this out of my life. This is a discomfort, God. This is, this is not a blessing. This is a thorn. God, I, I need you to touch my body. Heal me. I, I need you to, Lord, my, my, my kids, things aren't going. Lord, I, you know, they're, they're talking back now. And, and my wife that was so happy back then, now I, I don't know. I can't seem to. Ain't nobody going to help me preach today. And when everything was going good financially, you know, we were, we were loving life, but now life isn't going so well, and maybe the finances are not so good, and the health isn't so good, and the kids aren't so good, and the job isn't going so well, and, and, and friends have turned their back on you, and all of a sudden, oh, God, oh, God, get me out of this place. I think they got the house speakers off, only the monitors on. Because we get enamored with what life is doing and how good life is and we forget that this is only temporary and that God is constantly calling us. And so the blessings of God and the favor of God that He's working in your life is to, is to prepare you for where He's wanting to take you to the next step. And so sometimes God has to mess up the, the pretty apple cart and get everything all shook in our life so we can all of a sudden start saying, oh, I don't, I don't like things the way they are. I don't, I don't want to, I can't live like this anymore. And we start being desperate and the words coming out of our mouth is, I don't know how much more I can take. This is just horrible. My, my health is failing. My family's falling apart. Oh, God, you, I guess something's got to change. Then all of a sudden, God's like, well, I'm sorry I had to take you to here to get you to desire to grow in me. Because satisfaction oftentimes will set us up. We'll become so satisfied where we are, too comfortable to desire to move forward in God. And it's, God, let life just stop right here. Let everything stop right here. It doesn't matter how blessed you are. Don't ever get to a point that you feel like, I don't need to pray and seek God to be more in God. There must be something inside of us that is longing to be something more and to do more than what we've ever done. Would somebody this morning dare to begin to ask God, Lord, I need you to take me places I've never been. I want to go to depths in you I've never been before. I want to grow to places in you I've never grown before. I want to learn to be more and accomplish more and do more than what I have ever done. God, I need you in my life. I wish somehow I could preach the church into a mindset of getting an inspired vision of being and doing what God really wants us to do and be what God really wants us to be. If we're not careful, our complacency will cause our God-given dreams to die because we will become so comfortable and so in love with the world that when God begins to mess with our life, we blame everything that is going wrong on God when God is trying to help us to do more and be more than we've ever been. 
I submit to you this morning that the issue is not with God, it's not with the church, it's not even really with life, but I submit to you this morning that the problem is wrong thinking. It's hard to relate to people with wrong thinking. Have you ever tried to talk to people who have a mindset that is just wrong? It's like, hello, I I can't even talk to you. No, no, I'm not talking about your spouse. Now get over that. We done moved off of that conversation. The world promotes wrong thinking. They, they try to tell us, the scripture says that in the last days that men are going to look at good and call it evil. And they're going to look at evil and call it good. I think we're living in those last days. When people are... They, they, are applauding, they are applauding things that are of Satan and they are rebelling against anything that is of God. And the issue is, is there is warped thinking and today somehow I want to get us into a God mindset of apostolic thinking in the Word of God and believing that everything that happens in life is for a purpose and that God is bringing things together for our own good. Look at your neighbor and tell them what you think matters. Now, you're you're not even going to participate. You just looked at me. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them how you think matters. It matters. Thoughts matter. The Bible is full, Proverbs 23 and 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Did you know that if your mental thought process is one of constant defeat, you can count on your life will follow that pattern? If all you see is no way out, then there will be no way out in your life. I'm not suggesting that positive thinking is going to, is going to be the answer to every one of life's problems for you, but I will tell you this much, negative thinking will not get you out of your dilemmas. Someone very wise said a man's life is what his thoughts make of it. I'm telling you today, if you allow yourself to wallow in despair, then you'll never find the hope of another day. The Bible says so much about the mind. The mind is directly mentioned 95 times in the King James Version and is referred to over one thousand times in scripture ladies and gentlemen your mind is very important to God I believe the reason that the Bible says so much about the mind is because our mind controls our thoughts our words and our actions the scripture gives us a little insight into the thought process of a man that was laid by the gate. The Bible said in Acts chapter 3 that a certain man lame from his mother's womb laid daily at the gate. Everybody say daily. Daily. That meant he didn't have good days. Every day he laid by the gate. He didn't walk around dancing because he was lame. He was laid by the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. He wasn't there looking for healing. 
He was there looking for just enough to get by. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. I wish I could preach this like I feel it. We have to get dissatisfied with get-by thinking. I need to just get by. If I can just get enough to get by, that's all that matters. All I need is just enough to get by. I deal with get-by thinking all the time. When folks stop by the church and they're like, Hey, could you front me a 20 so I can just get by? Can you help me out with my light bill so I can get by this month? The problem may not be that they don't have a job. It may be that they don't have a job because they're living with a get-by mentality. I'm not trying to give anybody a hard time this morning, but I'm telling you that we have to break out of a get-by mentality. As long as we live with a get-by mentality, if I can just make it through today, if I can just get through this day, if I can just make it through, and you know, if I, today, that's all I'm worried about is today. What happens tomorrow doesn't matter. Life has a way of causing some people to relegating their thinking to survival concepts. God never intended for His people to have survival concepts in their thinking. An apostolic concept is what God intended for His church. I've got to stay with my notes this morning because I'm feeling like chasing a rabbit right now. The man laid daily at the gates. His lame thoughts caused him to believe that he was, that, that all he needed was just a little financial help to get through to the next day. He, he laid daily at the gate. Everybody say he was at the gate. He was at the gate, close to entering into the temple, but he could not go into the temple because of his situation. Because his affliction prevented him from being able to go into the temple. It was the very thing that caused him to lay at the gate was the very thing that caused him to not go beyond the gate. Reach over and wake up your neighbor. Tell him pastor's preaching better than what you're, 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 you're thinking. Bad thinking will not get you into the presence of God. My Lord, have mercy. I feel like preaching. I just came from camp meeting. If you miss camp meeting, then you don't have no idea why I'm feeling so boisterous this morning. But if you were there and you heard the preaching I heard, you know why I'm about ready to climb on top of the pulpit. Because bad thinking will never get you into the presence of God. I've never seen a person walk in, fold their arms, sit down, refuse to sing, refuse to worship, refuse to clap their hands, refuse to praise, and leave different than the way they came. 
I can just about look at the expression on some folks' face and tell you how they're going to leave. They're going to leave with the same expression that they came. We've got to come and change our thinking and say, God, that's what my worship is about. It's about getting me out of the mess that I was in. I've been living all week long. I've been working all week long. i got to get into your presence. And the last day, yesterday's thinking is not going to get me into tomorrow's blessing. I've seen folks come, sit like a bump on a log two or three weeks in a row. Finally, they'll decide that they want to announce to me that they've been sitting like a bump on a log like I didn't notice. You know that, you know that dumb look that I give sometimes when I walk by? It's probably real. Sometimes it's like if you're going to act that way, that's how I'm going to act. I didn't notice. Of course I did. So did everybody else. Just because you get mad at somebody, you come to the house of God and get flesh thinking. Hmm. I'll sit and see how they like that. I'll refuse to clap and see how they like that. I'll refuse to worship. Listen, that kind of thinking isn't going to get you anywhere. What it's going to do is it's going to get you into bitterness. It's going to get you into despair. It's going to get you in worse shape than you were already in. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, it's a bad day. Somebody hurt my feelings, did me wrong, talked about me, beat me up. But I got to pull myself up by my bootstraps and decide this is the day the Lord has made. My lame thinking is going to ever get me into the presence of God. And if I can get in the presence of God, whatever it does. Doesn't matter. I had a little situation happen to me last week. I'd walked up waiting to talk to somebody. When they finally decided to come down to my level, and they started to walk by, and I put my hand out. They kind of looked at me and I put my hand out to shake my hand, their hand. They just turned and looked forward and kept walking like they barely noticed. I reached up, hit them on the back a couple times. I said, hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, good. And I didn't intend to, but my first reaction to that was... And Dylan was standing to my right side and saw it all happen. We were at, altar call was taking place. And Dylan stepped over to where I was and he said, Dad, don't let that man get to you. How old are you, boy? I said, Dylan, I've lived a few days at it and the first time that's ever happened and it won't be the last time. I have no idea why he wanted to act the way he acted, but you know what? It didn't bother me. Now, would I have preferred it to go a different way? Absolutely, but he was not going to ruin the moment that God had provided for me. 
Flesh thinking would have said, oh, if I just got slotted, now I'm going to get mad and pouty and I'm not going to move any further. But you know what I did? As soon as the preacher said, why don't you lay hands on somebody that's next to you and pray a blessing on them. I just reached up to somebody in front of me, started praying. You know what? Before long, somebody laid their hands on me and started praying and the Holy Ghost began to move and God was blessing and working and people were getting blessed. And after service, I had forgotten all about being slotted. Oh, yay me. Think whatever you want to think. I'm just telling you that some of us allow things that happen to us on Monday affect us when we get to church on Sunday. We let something that happened to us way back when, we've got to change our thinking and understand that our bad attitude is not going to help us get into the presence of God. Our negative thinking is not going to help us get into the presence of God. And all of our needs will be met if we can just get into the presence of God. There's a lot of people that take their broken self to the gate of the temple, but they never get their carnal mind beyond the gate. A lot of folks show up to the gate, but they never get to break through and get into the presence. And the reason is in their thinking. We sit at the gate of spiritual places and we relegate ourselves to carnal minds, to to, to carnal concepts and, and thoughts. And all of our thinking is based on silver and gold. Just a little alms to get through today. If I can just get by today and tomorrow I'll get by again, somebody will come by and help me to get by. And if this man would have had a different concept, I don't believe he would have had to wait to that day before somebody came along and said, what I have to give you is not silver and gold. Bad thinking will end up with bad excuses. I'm not talented enough. I'm not gifted enough. I don't have enough money. We don't have enough people. I don't have enough time. We, we, we're, we're not in the right city. I, silver and gold have I none. But there was a shift in the whole pattern when somebody got the faith enough to say, but such as I have, Understand that this story could have ended with silver and gold. Have a none. Have a nice day. But such as I have, I want to. I, I'm praying that God gives me more boldness than I have ever had. When I see somebody that can't seem to break through, I want to go to where they are and lay hands on them and say, you know what, I probably can't help you out of your situation. I'm probably not a good enough counselor. I'm probably not a good enough pastor. But you know what, such as I have, give I thee. And I can lay hands on them and let God do a work in their life. Somebody's got to change their thinking to the fact that what you need is not silver and gold, not something to just get through today or tomorrow or next week. We need to get an apostolic mindset
an apostolic mindset. We'll believe that God can do anything. It's a mindset for the miraculous. Genesis chapter 18, I believe it is, says it like this. It's anything too hard for the Lord. I got an answer for you. Nothing's too hard for God. I came this morning to tell you nothing's too hard for God. Whatever your situation is, God can. We've been, we've been saying, well, I know he can, but you need to just get all the wells and the buts out of the picture and say, God can. God can. God can. God can. My God is able. Philippians 4 and 19, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Jeremiah 32, there's nothing too hard for thee. Matthew 19, but with God all things are possible. Luke chapter 1, for with God nothing shall be impossible. The old timers used to sing, it is no secret what God can do. I came this morning to tell somebody that by the word of the Lord, the heavens were framed and the host of them and the breath by his mouth. Nothing is too hard for he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Nothing's too hard for God. Your problem will pale in comparison to the power of the Almighty God. God can do anything. Change your thinking to knowing God's got this. God can. God can get me out of this mess I'm in. Matthew said the wind and the waves are subject to him. In the 14th verse he said the sea became his sidewalk. In Exodus, Moses knew that God was able when he faced the Red Sea. In Genesis, Noah trusted in God's ability when the flood came. In 1 Samuel, David knew that God was able, able to deliver him from the hands of a Philistine. All through the New Testament, Paul trusted that God had the ability and declared, I know whom I have trusted and I am persuaded. That means it got thick enough into my head that nobody can change my mind. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I commit unto him against that day. Oh, somebody get persuaded. An apostolic thinking, an apostolic mindset is one that is persuaded. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's able to do more than you're able to ask or think. I could preach on this morning, but I'm out of time. I just want to encourage somebody today to know that unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, according to the Holy Ghost. Stand to your feet with me today. It requires a change of thinking to believe that God is able to do anything. To believe that God is able to do it. I can't put my hands on it, but I know God's able to do it. Because the things that are impossible with man are still possible with the Lord. I would venture to say today that the great miracles that we've been looking for 
We've been looking for cancers to fall off and for people to get up out of wheelchairs. And God keeps confirming his word and keeps blessing. But the great miracle that we need to happen in this church this morning is that some of our thinking would be elevated and it would take a miracle for it to happen. But God's still in the miracle performing business. Some of us need to have a change of mindset today. Some of us need to change our mind. You have got bitterness in your spirit and you are plaguing everybody that you get around. Bitterness is holding you down because you know that you have sin that has affected your life. You need to let God. You need to go ahead and let God. You need to repent this morning and say God turn my life around God fix what is wrong in my life God here I am in your presence I'm coming after you this morning know that you're coming to me apostolic thinking doesn't have excuses doesn't make excuses apostolic thinking just simply speaks such as I have In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. You will speak to your situation and you will speak faith into it even when they're still laying by the gate. But you will speak life into it. God help us this morning. Reach over and lay hands on the person that is next to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, help us this morning. Every person in this room today, oh God. Come on, lift your voice in prayer for your neighbor right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that encouragement comes. I pray that there is a shift in our thinking. Lord, that I pray right now, God, that you would elevate our thinking, our concepts, our thoughts. Lord, that we would raise, Lord, the level of our thinking. God, that we would put away all doubt and fear and unbelief. And that we would speak a word of faith over our situation, God. That we would be willing, Lord, to turn to you what we have. We may not have enough to feed 5,000, but all we have is just a little sack lunch. But I'm going to give it to you this morning. Because, God, if I give it to you, there's no telling what you can do with it. My situation, God, I'm tired of battling with it and fighting with it. I put it into your hands. Turn it over to him this morning. Come on, church. Call on the name of the Lord today. Call on the name of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. this morning. Altars are open this morning. Some of us need to be pouring our heart to the Lord. We need to be turning it over to the Lord this morning.
Come on, let's help somebody break through in the Holy Ghost this morning. Why don't you strengthen one another with the prayer this morning? Why don't you gather with a brother or sister today? Just pray one for another. Strengthen one another in prayer today. Let's be sensitive to what God wants to do this morning.